0: Ladies, gentlemen, pips in between, welcome one and welcome all to the Arsenal Cannon Podcast Extravaganza. It's episode 124. I was going to try to say it in Spanish, but frankly, my Spanish is totally mid, so I will spare you the atrocity that would be an attempt at that from me. Um, You see us on the video, I don't really have to say who it is, who it be. Who's doing it? I'll tell you, though, because I want to. Um, it's a dynamic duo. The original, folks. Daniel Fenton, your fearless host. And the man, the myth, the legend, the man formerly known as the lovely London local lad. Now, the bumptious bright boy, but I think you're back in London. Lovely London local ladding it up again. It's Alfie Colshaw in the cut. Alfie, how you doing, man?
1: What are you saying, lads? Yeah, yeah, I'm decent. I'm decent. I am the lovely London local lad again. Uh, and it's nice to not host it uh, for the first time in a while because I just feel like there's so much more pressure. You have to hold it together and stuff, even though I'm going to be taking the reins at times in this podcast. But yeah, it's a it's a pleasure to have you back, Danny. I know you had COVID recently, so I hope you've recovered well. And uh, what are you saying, Danny?
0: Uh, Just the intro. I bet you missed that, folks. Um, It's been it's been a while, man. And I'll tell you, it feels weird to host on a video. I'm like looking at myself. I'm like, do my teeth look good? Does that light on behind me look weird? Does everyone think that painting's ugly? Like, what's going on? You know. But it's all fine. We're all good. We're just vibing it up. The season's over. We don't want to die anymore. Um, Arsenal stresses out. We love them dearly, but it's all done. So I'm doing good. Let me tell you. A little, I'll just keep everyone posted about the old Danny boy, um, just cause it has been so long. So funny little store store, funny little story for you. So basically for the last probably month and a half, really, man, I've, uh, kind of been checked out because my semester finished. Um, you hear us talk about it all the time on the pod, it kicks the crap out of us, um, so I was just like checked out, and I knew that we were going on a uh, vacation. We, being my family, it was going to be me, the old lady, Katie, Pod girlfriend, Katie, uh, my dad, my that's bro, the lady,
1: as if you're like <laughs> the 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 president of America or something.
0: <laughs> the
1: first lady that's, of the pod. That's the, that's the first lady, isn't it? Yeah, I got that wrong. Like, like you're the fucking <laughs> Juventus that. or something.
0: Oh, dude, I'm still so calling you Ventus. And you won't fucking understand what I'm saying. That'll be so funny. <laughs> well, we were supposed to go on a damn cruise, um, which frankly is probably slightly irresponsible because the pandemic is still around. But look, man, I want to live my life still. Um, we're Vax, we're good, we're everything, you know. So you got to get uh, tests to go on. And. Um, I was super paranoid the whole time, Alfie, about uh, testing positive for COVID. I was like, fucking, I'd see a baby 30,000 miles away from me, and you know, they're disgusting and stuff. So I like put hand sanitizer on, put it in my ears. I was going crazy, man. I was just being a total germaphobe. Everyone else, by the way, in my family, no one is nearly as healthy as me. Uh, For those that know about me personally, away from the pod, I exercise like a freak. I take vitamins. I drink vegetable juice. This is orange juice because I got to get my vitamin C in today. And I test positive for COVID. It's like, oh, geez, I was devastating. I was depressed. That is so Pete.
1: That is so Pete. I feel so sorry for you.
0: It is. That's all right, man. Uh, Privilege privilege problems. It could be worse. I could be starving to death and stuff. But, you know, Um, yeah, then they still went on the cruise um which is fine i'm totally cool with it and uh yeah but we're, we rescheduled we're going june 18th but that's a little bit about me that's where i've been fenton's for Alex are coming back and we love you are uk podcast hashtag content should be coming out too and yeah, so we're much on get YouTube. Back into it. But any, so mm-hmm. freaking much and alfie let me just say before we get into the meat and drink as you would say um you and Rob with the hashtag content on the hashtag YouTube have been absolutely crushing it. The <laughs> videos are sick. I know. I'm sorry, go on.
1: I'll just say, come on.
0: <laughs> come on, you know, and uh, I the Jay Zeus video, you said it's on 2,000 views. We love it. We all want to know about Jay Zeus. Uh, we've got a transfer show, Alfie, if I'm not mistaken. You said that's coming soon, though, right?
1: Yeah, there's there's a video coming today about Zinchenko. Uh, all I'm waiting for is the... Yeah, Zinchenko. All I'm waiting for is the thumbnail guy to come through, um, and then it'll be up. Uh, but yeah, we're trying to do them as frequently as possible. So we've been doing them relatively frequently. We had a few days off over the weekend. Um, and we're also going to be trying to do some scouting videos and some squad building videos we're going to do like a series so hopefully we'll get you and mac as well involved in that and then obviously i've said this on the last couple pods we're going to be doing the drunk cast eventually the whole season review just reflecting month by month um sort of going through the narrative of our season um with all four of us and we're going to be sipping on wherever we choose i know what daniel will be drinking um yeah he knows (laughs) um and what else yeah that's that's about it that's why we're not going to be talking about transfers explicitly in this one and we're not going to be doing like squad building stuff um yeah there is a bit of a delay on this (laughs) i've just noticed
2: there is
0: and um yeah i i i reacted to you knowing what i was going to drink and uh then you reacted like five seconds after I reacted, so I was like, "Oh, is that a terrible joke or something? Was that not a funny reaction?" But then it was just like, "No, no, it was." You know, it's just a weird little delay. You also look it's like the uh, one pixel to you, but yeah,
1: it's the uh, it's the time delay. It's quite annoying. I, I'm hoping it doesn't come out like this in the edit, but who knows.
0: we'll see what happens man look at the end of the day we're getting the vids to the people we're blessing them with our gorgeous faces at the end of the day so i'm sure they're happy about it regardless right so um, yeah basically what the let's let's get into it then it's been 7 minutes so let's just get into the pod pod now no more bullshit no more expl- uh, explosion trees. i just made that word up no more pleasantries um, let's just get into the podaroo, and yeah man it's uh I'm, I, I want to say this before though i'm actually excited to podcast now just because it's been so long um but alfie would you want to run the uh cool uncles through what we're going to be doing today my friend
1: yeah so basically we thought we're not going to be doing the season review because as i've said we're doing that in the future we're not talking about transfers um there's not really any I guess we discussed the Elneny and Ketia situations a little bit on the last podcast, I think. And also me and uh, Rob did a video on that for Just Arsenal. So you can go and check that out on the Just Arsenal website. Um, so I thought we'd just sort of go through the squad and do sort of an individual season review for each of them and maybe give them a rating out of 10. I thought we'd do that. There is actually going to be a piece on We Love You Arsenal ranking every single player. We had that last season. I think Alan, Riley and Mac are doing a Mac Johnson doing a collaboration piece on that. So look out for that. But we're, we'll see if our views align. It's going to be less linear than just ranking them solely because we're being in ratings out of 10. Um, yeah, we might as well dive straight into it. Um, Daniel, we'll start with Aaron Ramsdale, the number one. We'll go you know, through how you would naturally in positions
2: wise. Yeah, give me your, your brief thoughts on, on Ramsdale season.
0: Okay. Um. Sorry, I just delayed there a little bit at the end, so sorry if I looked like an idiot for like a millisecond. Actually, I looked like an idiot for about 8 minutes and 59 seconds. Um, but look, man, Ramsdale is a really, really interesting one because I think for the vast majority of the season, he was very good. Superb. And I think he showed all of us that we needed a new goalkeeper. Maybe some of us, you know, Knew that we could use something a little different between the sticks, but Ramzo coming in and just bringing that personality, the deliveries out from the back, and, you know, just the, I, I guess I'll just repeat it, really, the energy, you know, I know that's sort of similar to personality, but he just has so much more about him, really, than Burned Leno. Um, and yeah, I think for, you know, the vast majority of the of our campaign, he was very good and, very solid and for a super young goalkeeper that's impressive um especially for the fact that he's been relegated you know multiple times in a row and now he's coming in uh, into arsenal and finishing fifth i think that's that's really impressive um but there's always going to be a but um the end of the season his form really did dip um i don't i'm not entirely sure what happened um and yeah it's it's really really strange and I'm not sure if it concerns me yet, though, because I think there's still a lot of talent there. He is twenty, His age for a goalkeeper. Exactly. Yeah, 23, 24, you know, that's a a -a whippa-snapper for a goalkeeper, man. He's he's still got, like, potentially 20 more years in his career, you know? Um, So I'm not really too worried about it, but I think it's just something to keep an eye on because he did – get a little bit erratic there. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to rate him right now, but I'm going to anyway. Um, Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to say eight. I know some people might think that seems a little bit high, but I really do think that he was vital um, for solidifying our defense. I think just that confident, energetic presence behind our uh, new back line was really helpful and helped us have a really solid defense for the season. Even if at the end his form did kind of dip.
1: Yeah. Um, I have a bone to pick with Aaron, with Ramers, uh, Ramsey. No, that doesn't work. Um, he hurt me with some of these comments last week about XG. I don't know if you've seen them, um, but he said, uh, <laughs> he said they are, he said X. Ex- Expected stats are, are bollocks or his exact words. Um and he basically he, he seems to think that there's some donny just sat there going, Yeah, that's a that's a a 70% chance. Yeah, that's a 60%. That's not how it works, Alan. There's I can trust you it's a lot more scientific than that. Regardless, um I don't expect players to have an in-depth knowledge on underlying data in sport like it's not their job is it it's the jobs of the clubs to know that um I would I back up basically everything you said there I thought he was I thought he was excellent in the first half of the season up until Christmas like probably top three goalkeepers in the league if you look at his performance some of the saves he made that save from James Madison um just uh, the save from the Lucas Moore deflected shot in the North London derby. There are a few more. I think one in the Palace game, one from Shelby where he tipped it onto the bar. It. Some of his shot stopping was brilliant in the first half. That definitely, definitely dropped off in the second half of the season. Um, he did make some, I don't think he made too many like absolute howlers, but there were quite a few where they you know, were like, could he have, um, could he have done better there? Um, and I think overall, his shot stopping was probably because of the second half of the season, it sort of plateaued. Um, it was probably like a n- neutral thing. Like, could Leno have produced a better shop-stopping shop season? Possibly. I think it is all the other things you said, all the soft factors like the charisma he brought, the energy he brought to the team. Um, and all of that stuff that really helped us. And obviously, the obvious thing that he is much better than Leno at in his passing out from the back thought that was exceptional first half of the season. Again, that dropped off a little bit in the second half of the season, but we still saw, I mean, it was still a massive upgrade on what Leno could do, some of those passes into midfield. So I would give Ramsdale a seven, uh, slightly below you. So I think what we'll do is we'll we'll give an average for each player between our ratings. So we'll give him a 7.5 overall, um, because I thought he was good, but he did drop off in the second half of the season. I think that's quite a clear narrative for him. Do you say that's fair?
0: Yeah, I was actually Yeah, that's totally fair because I was, in fact, I was gonna actually give him a seven point five, but then I just I figured I would just elevate it just that extra half a point because I think he is just such an improvement on Burn Leno. And all due respect to Leno, you know, we know he's probably gonna head out this transfer window. And he's been a, a spectacular servant for Arsenal. And he wasn't in, you know, terrible form or anything. And then all of a sudden he just kind of came in one day and Arteta's like, hey, you're not the number one anymore. So, sorry. Uh, you know, and I think the way he's... Leno, by the way I'm talking about, the way Leno has conducted himself has just been phenomenal. He's been such a professional. Um, as well but we'll Ramsel has just been f- such...
1: Might as well give Leno's rating now then. Given yeah, the- I think when
0: Leno was called upon...
1: Yeah, given he played about, what, six sorry, games? Sorry, I think we right? got a
0: little delay, so I keep cutting you
1: off. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, he played about six yeah. games, so. Yeah, rating for Leno. Might as well go into it. Sorry to interject your uh, yeah, so, monologue.
0: Oh, you're good. Sorry, I'm uh, sorry if I'm cutting you off. There's a little delay, and I'm trying to anticipate it, but I'm not doing a Ramsdellish job. Um, so. Leno, I think when he was called upon, the very few times he was, um, really solid, man, really solid. And, uh, he's a very good shot stopper. And whoever, whoever manages to sign, uh, Leno, I think is a very good player on their hands. Um, there's a lot of links to Benfica. I think that would be a good move for Leno, to be honest with you. Get back in did the you Champions see the, League. Uh, and-
1: did you see the, uh, what he said to that guy about that rumor? He said, oh, it's a nothing source, um. L- Leno himself replied, and he said, oh, no, I'm actually joining Lewis Hamilton's team or whatever because he was at the F1 at the Monaco Grand Prix. <laughs> uh,
0: I see. I hate F1. I hate all its fans, um, but that's funny. Um, yeah, like, I, I don't know why he would shoot down Benfica, so um, emphatically, though, I feel like that would be a pretty good move for him if I'm honest. S-
1: someone pointed out that he's he's got a year left on his deal and he may just sort of see it out. Um, and then get a higher, much bigger wage next year because, you know, be on a free transfer. I don't know. And uh, also Tim said on Arsenal Vision that he thinks perhaps his place in the Germany squad is just gone now because he was going for the number three. Obviously got Neuer and Ter Stegen, and then Trapp was sort of battling him for number three. And Trapp's just, you know, played in the, the Europa League final produced a brilliant performance. Leno might think there's, very little chance of him getting into that Germany squad anyway now. So he might just see out his third year. Who knows? Uh, this final year.
0: That'll be interesting. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. I always forget about the free agency thing, man. When players move on for free, they get those huge, huge wages. So, hey, you know, man, at the end of the day, off we would use him in the Europa League, probably. I mean, I love Matt Turner. You know, I'm a biased American freak. Um, but Leno is better than Matt Turner. And if we're in the Europa League. I'm going to win that competition. And um, yeah, Leno would be used in the Europa League. But as for this previous season, for like the three times he was called upon or the few times he was called upon, whatever it was, I'm just going to give him a pretty standard rating because I think he was good and I admire his professionalism. So I'm just going to say like a six.
1: Yeah. I'd have to second that. Um, I don't think there's much more you can say when he came in, he was, he was solid. Uh, we saw he wasn't as good on the ball, obviously, as Ramsdale, but his shot stopping was fine, and he was playing in those cups. Uh, he made one pretty important contribution when he came in for that Villa game um, when Ramsdale was out. I think that's the only league game he played in since the uh, since the City thrashing, um, and he kept a clean sheet. So yeah, six. We'll move on to right back. Um, I'm gonna throw not a curb, but I'm gonna start with Cedric over Tomiyasu because I want you to ask me about Tomiyasu. Um yeah. Cedric. Uh by the way, I just wanna say I went on the, the Emirates Stadium tour uh yesterday. I've been on it a couple of times, but my friend from the Caribbean wanted to go, so I was like, Yeah, I'll go with you. Why not? Got to see the new dressing room which has been glammed up. Uh, and I sat below the Cedric shirt and took a picture of me looking grumpy, which I haven't... I was meant to send it to the We Love You Arsenal writing team group chat, but I haven't yet, but I will do
2: after this podcast. Yeah, a little side. But yeah, Cedric, Danny.
0: Hold oh, on, my thing went on mute. Sorry. Um, yeah, hate Cedric. Um, terrible footballer. No, I'm kidding. Um, but we do. So um, I'm kidding, but not really kidding. You know what I'm saying? Um. Yeah, it's just, look he was given a lot more game time this season than we would have wanted him to be given. Um, And I'm sure we'll touch on that quite a bit with Tommy Yasu. I'll ask you about him here in a, here in a minute. Um, But with Cedric, defensively, a liability, attacking wise, nothing to call home about. I just think we need to have a different backup right back this season. And I really believe that if, What the, you know, papers are saying about the club being happy with Cedric's performance, as second fiddle is true. Uh, That's really disappointing because I'm sorry, I have been totally unhappy with the way he's performed and I just think we need to move on from him. I think we need to sell him and yeah, uh, for me, uh, if I were to break it down into a number, I would probably say three, honestly. Um, he's uh, he's without a doubt our weakest link and I think we just need to move on from him and get a different player in that position Alfie, I mean genuinely uh, well, we'll talk about Tommy Also here in a bit but I, I want to hear your thoughts on Cedric because I know he's your best friend um, Lusa he, look, there's really no doubt I think for anyone that an Ainsley Maitland-Niles in his place probably would have performed better
1: yeah uh i'm gonna surprise a few people here and say i don't think he was he wasn't dreadful all of the time um like he had he had a few a few good games um he he didn't really feature much in the first half of the season yet he was in every single celebration photo possible uh having played about two minutes um Listen, he's, we know he's not good. He's 30, he's on the decline, he's on high wages, it's bad. Um, he was, he came in, he did an adequate job for a little run uh, when Tomiyasu was out. He was, wasn't was the same defensively as what Tomiyasu could bring, obviously. Um, he did have some nice moments, particularly some of his progressive passing was decent. I hate how much he crosses the ball. It's like every time he's, you know, we talk about the horseshoe of death when it goes out to the right-back and he comes back into central midfield or the centre-back, something Bellerin did all the time. I'd rather see that than the, the right-back just get it and swing in hopeful crosses every single time because at least you keep the ball, you recycle possession um, instead of just giving it away like he did every single time. Uh, but yeah, he he did an adequate job for a little bit and then we began to see, see his, his limitations and... You know, this, this goals like the goal against the second goal against Newcastle where he just can't hold the line. He's miles behind the defensive line that just plays players on side. Stuff like that, which just get on my nerves. He does that little... He lets the ball run across his body, then chips it down the line, which results in about 17 turnovers a game. I, I'm going to... I feel harsh giving him a three. Um, because that feels very low, because he did have a few good games. So I'm going to give him a four, which will average him out to 3.5. Um, Let's go straight onto Tomiyasu, because this is a more interesting one. I'm going to st- uh, kick Tomiyasu off and give him a nine. I think some people will say that's too high. This guy, when you look at it, had three poor games all season. Two of them, he was not fit. Brighton away was probably the only one where he could say he, he struggled a little bit. If you think back to that terrible game um, in terrible weather in Brighton, nil-nil, I think it was in October. And then the Liverpool uh, League Cup first leg, he came back uh, and he clearly wasn't fit. And then we didn't see him for like three months after that. And then the Newcastle game, not too long ago where he was playing two games in, a, in about four days and he'd not played he'd hardly played for three months he clearly wasn't fit and then he came off anyway so that was like a half so it's like two and a half games where he was poor and one and a half of them he wasn't fit every other game he was fucking superb and the only reason that he's being prevented from getting a 10 for me is his availability like he wasn't available enough for me to quite say the longevity that the sample size isn't quite big enough for me to say get a guaranteed 10 and I don't think anyone will get a 10 this season Um, in this video but yeah Tommy nine superb defensively uh, two-footed very good passer of the ball brilliant in the air so good one-on-one I have loved watching him this season and I can't wait to see him have a full season um, fit and hopefully we get adequate back in sorry backup in for him so he can get these rests in midweek when we play in the Europa League group stage and stuff
0: Hey, look, I mean, I think I personally think nine's a little high just because um, you know how I am about availability. I'm a real sucker for players that are just always there. And I, I actually get very frustrated with players that are not. And obviously, it's not Tommy fault, I don't think. And I think there's potentially even a debate, um, you know, where where you can really ask the question, is this, you know, maybe the fault of the Arsenal trainers rushing him back before he's a hundred percent fit. And if that is the case and you genuinely just can't blame Tommy Yossi at I all, think that's, but
1: that's definitely I do agree for the, sorry to interject, it's definitely for the case for the, for the Liverpool league cup game. Like we could see he wasn't ready and he just got roasted by Mane. And then he was out for three months. If he hadn't played that game, maybe you would have seen much more of him.
0: Yeah, maybe so. And I, I to, to be fair though, I mean, he is a, he is an immense footballer. And I think that, when you have a player that good, you kind of just want him on the team. And so I could sort of understand, but at the end of the day, you have to think of the long-term future of Tomiyasu. The the weird thing about Tamiyasu is just since he plays so, you know, pragmatically, maybe you could say, maturely, it just is really damn surprising that he's only, what, 22 years old? I mean, it's just, wow. He's just got so much wisdom for such a young man and he's athletically 23 thank you um he just said that in the chat people i I can't read alfie's mind um but yeah 23 years old and you know wise as they come i'm 23 and i'm a fucking idiot so there you go um but uh i don't i don't know if i could say nine alf just because he he wasn't there for really large portions of the game i think like you said only a few bad matches. Um, I distinctly remember, for whatever reason, I think it's Cucurello, the Brighton fellow that's going to City. I think it is, Cucurella. Right? Um, Cucurella. okay. Uh, I just named some something else. I don't know what the heck I'm talking about. Um, but
1: You were you were naming the, the singer yeah. that was in the Champions League final. Camilla Cabea, Cam- whoever <laughs> that <name> is.
0: Camilla <laughs> Cucurella, bro. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. She got mad at the Liverpool fans for chanting their thingy or whatever. That was funny, but get out of there, man. Get in the bin. It's not an American sporting event, man. We don't need fucking performances there. That's it's neither here nor exactly. there. Maybe we can talk about the Champions exactly. League later. Though. Talk about the champos later. Um, give me a chance to wax lyrical about my, my idol Kareem Benzema. Um, but I'm going to give Tamiyasu an eight. I'm going to give him an eight. Um, Every performance we saw of him was amazing and I really hope he could just stay fit for next season. That's the, that's the most important thing with him and a few other players we're going to mention here in a bit, Alfie.
1: Yeah. So that brings him to an 8.5 overall. I think that's fair enough. Um, yeah. One thing I'm just going to point out with the, for the audio listeners, because we mute ourselves when we're not speaking, it does seem like when we tell jokes, we're just getting annoyed, but actually I was laughing Quite a lot of what Daniel just said there, um, <laughs> and now he's laughing. But you can't tell that if you're not watching it. So watch it. Just go onto YouTube and subscribe to the We Love Your Arsenal YouTube channel. I'm just pointing that out now. A little plug.
0: So, in other words, we need to put we need to put an artificial laugh track in the podcast. Is what you're saying, Alfie?
1: Friends style. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The delay makes it so funny. Um yeah, hopefully we can <laughs> now he's laughing again. Um we're just gonna do players that were at the club for the whole season. We're not gonna talk about Maitland Niles or Chambers or Marie. Um or I don't know who else left in January, but whatever. Uh Ben White, first season at the club. Wax lyrical about Ben White, please, Danny.
2: I will. He's very good on the ball. He looks like
0: a Love Island contestant. He's tan. Um, I love him. I'd kiss him if I ever saw him. I will see him, by the way, in Orlando. I'll see all of them. By the way, Alfie, I guess I should tell you this now. Why not? I'm working that Orlando City game. that they play Arsenal? And it's going to be the first ever sick. time the Gunners. Yep, it's going to be the first ever time the Gunners wear that black and gold sexy jersey that just dropped, or kit, I should say.
1: Yeah, that is very nice. That is peg.
0: But yeah. Anyway, so is Ben White, so I'm going to kiss him when I see him. Ben White is um, a very good footballer, and I think he did a really, really good job um, living up to that very high price tag that a lot of people were questioning when he first came in. Um, As we've seen with other players at Nico Pepe, um, the pressure of a massive price tag can really crush some personalities. And I just don't think that was the case with Ben White at all. Now there's a lot of talk um, about Saliba coming in next season and people are saying, oh, it's going to be Saliba-Gabrielle, that partnership. I don't think that's true. I think it's going to be White that stays in there. If anyone's going to dip out, I think it's probably, and all due respect to Gabrielle, who's, I think, another fucking brilliant footballer, but I think White is probably one of our most important players on the team. He's just so good at playing the ball out from the back. He's very good at defending, too. I wrote a Fintan's Frolic about it a few months ago. He's deceptively villainous. I love his shithousery. He doesn't look like a guy who would be capable of being a shithouser either. You know, he looks like he's got a leading role uh, sort of look to him. You know, he looks like the good guy sort of. But he could be a real bastard. And you know, Alfie, I love that in a player. Um so I am going to give Ben White – I know uh, I don't know if we should do half, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to say an 8.5 because I think he had pretty big shoes to fill with David Luiz. I think a lot of people don't want to acknowledge how important David Luiz's ball-playing abilities out from the back were. Um, but then along with that, he's also a phenomenal defender. And with his age, man, the sky's the, sky's the freaking limit for this uh, very, very impressive Um, promising player.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd agree with pretty much all of that. Uh, On the Saliba thing, um, I don't think it's as black and white, pun, uh, as that. Um, I think, you know, I think think when Saliba comes in, it will be Saliba has to try and take the place of one of them and they'll continue as the first choice partnership. But, you know, looking at a season where the Europa League group stage is crammed in uh, to about uh, eight weeks uh, when it's normally 12 weeks. We're looking at a season with five subs. We're looking at a season with the World Cup, which is going to massively disrupt everything. So there's going to be so many minutes for all four of our centre-backs if we have all four of the centre-backs that we expect to have. White, yeah, I thought he was brilliant for his first season. I think think he's really underrated by non-Arsenal fans. He has this... As you said, this perception of being sort of a weak um, luxury centre back, who's just you know he's very nice on the ball, plays some very nice passes, progressive passes, um, but he's weak in the air. He's he's not a very he's not actually a great defender. I think that's absolute bollocks. I thought defensively, I thought he was. I was probably more impressed with him defensively than even his on the ball qualities this season. Um, not that he wasn't very good on the ball, and you know, I think even his ability to carry the ball out from the back um even more than his passing was was very impressive this season. But you know, I mean you look at his interception numbers, which are crazy. And I don't like to look at defense centre back stats very often. But he, he makes so many more interceptions than like any other defender. It's kind of mental and there must be something to that. And it's his aggressive playing style, the way he tries to nip in in front of defenders, which really helps us and it really complements Gabriel well and I thought, yeah, with the price tag, all that pressure that would have come with it, he did really well to settle in here coming from Brighton. Um, I don't think I've, I'm not going to rate him quite as highly as you did, 8.5, because I do think there were times where like, he had some quite dodgy games uh, and they weren't quite as infrequent as i would have liked um so i'm giving it a 7.5 so we can round it to an 8 um gabrielle go straight to gabrielle i'm gonna start with gabrielle we're rotating who's starting and i'm gonna give gabrielle see i think this is an unpopular opinion actually no no, i think gabrielle I'll give him the same rating as Ben White. A lot of people saying Ben White had a better season in amongst the fan base. I think people forget how good Gabriel was. Like He was fucking immense until until that Palace game, really, where he obviously looked knackered after having just having his kid, um, his first child. And there's been a lot said about that. If we'd been able to bring in someone, um, if we'd had a Saliba there, it would have been the perfect opportunity to play Saliba. He clearly didn't look ready for that game. And I think his form after that Palace game did dip um, and he, he didn't look quite himself and that sort of damaged the perception a little bit of his season. I think he, he, like, he was so good up until that point and people have sort of forgotten about that a little bit. Um, I still think people thought he was good, but because of that last sort of seven games where well, he wasn't quite himself, but so, so good, so dominant, so aggressive. And sometimes that can be... Um, uh, can hinder him a bit, um, how aggressive he can be. I think he's still got a long way to go in terms of toning that aggression. But imperious at times, some absolutely brilliant performances. So I'm going to actually, yeah, I'm going to, no, I'm going to give him a 7.5 again to match him with White. Uh, yeah, what do you think about Soli, uh Gabriel, Danny?
0: I'm actually going to give him the exact same rating as Ben White, personally. Um, I think where one... Maybe falls short. The other excels. Um, I think, while Ben White is very good physically, there's just no touching Gabrielle physically, I think. Um, He he is just such a nice, dominant defender. And I don't think, Alfie, the fact that this guy scores us goals is talked about enough. Five goals this season for a central defender. I used to be a very uh, low-quality... um crappy.
1: So, yeah, no, I think I think that's more than any other center back in the Premier League. That might be wrong, but yeah.
0: Um, I know it is because I've heard him say that on like 64 podcasts. So yeah, you're right. It is. He's a high scoring center central defender in the league. And um I I think that's that's invaluable, man. Um, but I think Ben White is just for me at least, you disagree if you want, feel free. Um I think Ben White was just a tad more of consistency. Um, The baby bump, if you like, for Gabrielle was definitely pretty rough, which is totally understandable, by the way. Um, He he didn't really look like himself after that, but he got right back onto it. And, yeah, man, Um, I really like Gabrielle a lot. And I have to say this. I don't think there's really any disputing this. I think Gabrielle, pound for pound, Um, and I'm talking money, by the way, um, is probably the best Arsenal signing in the past five to ten years, man. I mean, this guy, we got him for an absolute steal, and he has so much potential going forward, and let's just enjoy him because he is a very, very good defender for that reason, 8.5 for me. I think him and Ben White compliment each other, Alfie, so freaking well. And I absolutely – I wanted to say this during the Ramsdale discussion. Um, I'm one of those defense-loving freaks where I love clean sheets probably more than I love goals. Actually, I just love a clean sheet, you know. And um, I love that they love clean sheets. I love when they get a clean sheet. They're like fucking hugging each other. They're going crazy. And I wish we would have seen a few more of them on the tail end of the season. But they just understand what it, what it means to be a defender. And touching back to Ben White, when Ben White said that thing about Ramsdale, when he makes a save, I just want to punch him in his fucking face. You know, I love hearing that because I love when defenders are psychotic. You know, and we've got a two we got two crazy, crazy, crazy guys in the back um, right now. And I think they're just going to get better and better, Alfie. So for me, 8.5 for Gabriel, 8.5 for Ben White. That's my opinion on the matter.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair enough. Um, We're going to get this rolling because I've just realized it's 38 minutes in and we've done about five players. So uh, yeah, I would second that. So that's an eight for Gabriel. Um, Rob Holding, I think we could do this one pretty briefly. He stepped in, uh... When he was needed, and I think on the whole, he did a pretty decent job. Like I think you can expect a little bit of a, I mean, obviously you're going to expect a little bit of a, a, a drop in quality when you're bringing in your next best centre back, particularly in a season when you don't have Europe. Um, so you're not, you can't really have three very good centre backs. I think next season will be a bit different, um, and I expect Holding to be that fourth option. Um, but when he came in this season, he was pretty solid. Uh, like most of the team, he had a f- difficult first few games in those first three. But after that, when he was used sporadically, I think he did well. Obviously, he doesn't offer quite what Ben White offers on the ball, but I think aerially he's as good. Um, and we all know where he's, he's excellent when we bring him on <laughs> in the dying moments, to just sort of hang on to a lead in a 3-5-2. The classic 3-5-2 Rob Holding, you know, there's no way through. Um, when when we do that, the game's over. Um, so yeah, I think I'll give Holding a, a solid seven because I think he probably probably justifies that. Would you Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, you know, not to be like uh, not to be like one uppy or whatever, and to just use like .5s and stuff. But I just want to make it interesting and end up giving Holding like a seven point three two five or some shit. Um, I'm gonna say seven point five. Um, So pull out the old Calculadora, my G, because I can't do that. Um, 7.25.
1: Oh,
0: yes, we love that. We get all the tiny little, and we're good, man. Um, But I got to say this about holding. Um, Similarly to Leno, since I said this about him, I got to say it about Holdini too. Just the way that the guy carries himself around the club is, I love it. You know, such a good personality, more personality uh, than Leno, really. I think he's got some some leadership um, to him as well, holding. And, uh, look, I'll say this much, too. Um, I said earlier I was a crappy defender when I played, and I could tell you this. It's really hard to have, like, a thing as a defender that doesn't play. You know, like, think about a first player I think of for some reason is a Chicharito at Manchester United. His thing was coming off the bench, scoring goals. For a striker, it's simple. That's what you got to do. For a defender, I don't think it's necessarily the same. To get this reputation of being the guy that you want to put on the field when your backs are against the wall and you're trying not to concede a goal is really impressive. And I loved holding season for that. Um, and going into the next next one, I'm actually really excited to have him. And I hope we don't don't give him away because I think he's – pretty content um, with his role as things stand from, from what we can tell at least. But I think uh, I was on the arscast cast a couple weeks ago when they were talking about, you know, at this age, I think he's 26, 27, something like that. That's when players really might start to look at a different option, maybe a little bit lower down on the table and he'll want to get some first team minutes. Um, but until then, let's, let's keep the pulling him in this role. Um, and, yeah, I really like the season, so I'm going to... I give him the 7.5, as you know, so what, what was the What was the number again that he came out to?
1: 7.25. Yeah. That's quite basic maths. Should, the, the halfway between 7 and 7.5. Oh, fuck it. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, I guess it is.
0: You're right. You're right, it is. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah. This I'm smile. a math mass- guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, who's ex Kieran Tierney again I think this one's pretty straightforward I think he did I think it was a worse season than last season I think that's slightly a symptom of how we played we were better so it meant we were less reliant on getting the ball to him and just making things happen and being so creative which is what he was uh, in the 2021 season he was still great I thought he had a little bit of a dip at the start of the season, but I think he really came into his own when he came back after his little knock sort of sort of October, November time. I think it was when Tavares first came in um, and he was excellent in that period between sort of late November and, or des- early December and sort of when he got injured in April, that like, he was brilliant throughout that period. Um, you know, solid defensively, always a threat going forward. And we really missed him. We saw how much we missed him when he when he got injured. Um but I don't think it was out outstanding season like the previous season where he was like in our probably top two players along with Saka. Um so I'll give I'll give Tierney a seven. How would you how would you briefly sum up Tierney's Tierney's season, Danny?
0: Yeah, I'll try to keep it brief, even though I know you and I actually sort of have conflicting opinions on this. We talked about it a, a while ago. <laughs> um seven as well oh, we'll just agree I, I think that's look when he was there he was solid my biggest bone to pick with tyranny is that he's not there a lot and it's really con- starting to get very concerning for me um yeah i i you know i think the initially when when tavares came in for tyranny he did a really good job but then you know started sort of yeah well i can't speak sort of started to be nuno you know? And um, it just showed how much we miss tyranny, and that just really worries me going into the future. Um, yeah. So that would be, I, I don't know. I-, I guess I can't really take marks off at, for being, you know, injury-prone or whatever, but Alfie, i got to say, going into the future, that really concerns me. But when he was there, good, solid seven.
1: Yeah. I think that's fair enough. His his availability is an issue, um, and I think it's something we may look to address address in the transfer market. Shout out the Zinchenko video that is coming out today. Uh, check that out, me and Rob. Um, Nuno, I think this is a really interesting one. There's so many conflicting uh, opinions on Nuno. Nuno. I'm in the camp where I think he's not totally useless, which some people seem to think he is based off a handful of games by a 22-year-old in a really high-pressure environment um, who's got fewer minutes than Bakayo Saka in professional football. I think quite a few fewer minutes. Um, I'm in the camp where he is good like he or he has a lot of really promising attributes physically brilliant some really good um, tactical things where he can drive inside which is something Tierney just doesn't offer us and he can come in the inside and his right foot is pretty strong um, yes he's so raw he's so raw defensively there's so much he needs to improve I actually think one on one he's fine um, it's positionally when we're sitting in a block, um, sort of mid to low block, he can struggle. And, you know, he can play players on side, um, Stuff like that, I think he needs to improve. And obviously, even in the final third, he's still raw. We see some of these ridiculous shots that he just blazes miles over the bar. Um, yeah, I think it's a really difficult one because I think he was really good when he initially came in. And, and there was people saying, you T and he shouldn't come back in. Um, and then, when he came back into the side later on, when Tierney got injured, there was a lot more criticism because, you know, the stakes were higher at that point. So every mistake he made at that point was being scrutinized significantly more. I'm going to give him a 6.5. And some people are going to say that's outrageous. And some people are going to say that's fair enough. What, what do you think of Tavares' season?
0: I, I think that's a pretty fair rating, in my opinion. I, w- I would say six. I was going to say six. Um, so we're, now I know how to do math folks. So that's 6.25. We're learning on the Arsenal Cannon podcast. The only Arsenal podcast that you learn math. Um, but yeah, I don't think any amount of knowledge of math, Alfie, will explain the geometry behind a Nuno slash. Those shots, man, are just absolutely crazy. I don't even know how he does it. They look physically impossible. Um. Maybe we need to put him in central defense because he would just be a great clearer of the ball. You know, just imagine him making a clearance and fucking hit the Tottenham Stadium. Um, but yeah, I mean, apart from that though, athletically, I think he's just insane. I mean, the guy is just so fast and so strong and he's really quite large too. Um, so I think he could be a really interesting option coming off the bench. I think, Tavares, uh, similarly to Cedric, this season was sort of just a victim of having to play too much. We never really wanted Nuno to have to play that much this season, and uh, it's for a different reason than Cedric. We didn't want Cedric time, to play though, that much because he shit.
1: We do not At w- the same time, you could say mm-hmm. that's been good for his development, though. I, I completely get what you mean. Um, like he's played too much, uh, particularly at pressure points in the season. But could it be good for his development?
0: Yeah, a, that, that's true. That's a good point. You know, um, the more minutes he gets under his belt, the the better he's going to become in theory. Um, but there are going to be growing pains when that happens. Um, and yeah, I, I think we saw some really cool, promising stuff from Tavares, especially we both mentioned it when uh, Tierney first got injured. Let's not forget, we were like you, like you, like you mentioned, a lot of Arsenal fans are saying Tierney doesn't deserve to get back into the team. Um that seems like a long time ago now, um, because of some of the crazy things he did um, when he was in the team. You know, I think about the weird handball against Tottenham when he was playing volleyball for some reason. You know, that's just proof that he is very raw. He just needs some time. I think I'm in the same camp as you. He's got a lot of potential. It's just going to take take a little little while, I think, to get this diamond out of the rough. So yeah, for me, I, I would say six. So we're at that six point two five for Nuno.
1: Yeah, um, I think that's fair again. Everything you said there, and I'm glad you're not in the camp that thinks he's the next Andre Santos, because I think that's just... I just think people have given up on him too too quickly. I think that there needs to be more context yeah. provided about his age and stuff.
0: Absolutely. Uh, yeah. No way, Alfie. This is the Arsenal Fairman podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we support our players we don't just call them terrible, like certain outlets and public it, whatever. Uh, moving on, <laughs> he's done this mad face for the, for the audio listeners moving on. Oh, he's got his binoculars out mental. Um, we have no idea at this point how out of sync, like our things are going to be on this Zencast. we could be responding to things that happened like two or three seconds before. There's nothing we could do about it. I'm afraid to so just live with it. Sorry. Um, We'll move on to the midfield finally, fifty minutes in and we get past the back the back four and, and the goalkeeper. Midfield. We're gonna start I'll start with a boring one, Mohamed Elneny. Um Yeah. Daniel, just I'm not gonna say wax lyrical. Say whatever you want about Mohamed El It's freedom of speech after all is our podcast.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, baby. Um look. I'll try to kind of breeze through this so we can – I cannot believe we just made it to the midfield. It's been 50 minutes. That is absolutely ridiculous. We are we are playing the ball out of the back quite slow, aren't we? Um, yeah. Look, I don't have a big problem with El Nini personally. And the whole contract thing, I understand why it frustrates some people. I do get it. And I do think that he's very – very much so, not good enough to be playing as good uh, or as as much as he's been playing. But I don't think him being a fifth choice kind of player is a problem for him. So I think that he's a useful kind of guy to have in the squad. Um, I think we saw some good from him this season, but we also saw some bad from him this season. And similarly to basically every campaign he's ever had with Arsenal, I think I could just say five. That's what El Nani's going to give you. He's not going to ruin your season or anything, but he's not going to make it any better, really, at the same time. So I'm just going to say five. I'm not too fussed about him signing a new contract with us so long as we get the other tools um, that we need in the midfield, you know? So I'd say five for Many.
1: Yeah, I'd put, I'll second the five immediately. I think up until, what was it, the Chelsea game, I don't think we'd be talking about, I don't think we'd be giving him a rating because I think his the minutes were just too slim. Like he barely played in the league. I think he played, a, you know, he got obviously got the odd minute in the League Cup and stuff. And like we had the, basically, we didn't play in the FA Cup because he was an Afcon, AFCON. So he basically didn't play until that Chelsea game. Then he came in and he had a few really good games where he looked more progressive in his passing. He came in, he just added a bit of composure to our midfield, a little bit more, stability when Lekonga was looking a little bit hectic uh, and just showing his inexperience and then again after those Chelsea United performances we began to see some of his limitations and I thought he was poor in the derby um, where it really mattered I thought he was poor against Newcastle and these are the pressure games that ultimately and I think they're the games you don't really because I think after the three defeats the pressure sort of went off us a bit and then it went to those three those those Chelsea United games and people were sort of thinking the top four sort of almost gone so he came in and sort of he seems to play well when there's there's little expected and the pressures slightly off and then when he got to the really pressure points he didn't really deliver and I don't think we can necessarily blame him because that's just the player is and we saw how limited he is again um and ultimately we're not going to talk about the, the contract situation it's something I wouldn't have done um because i wanted just to show a bit more i th- i think for example you've said that you wanted you wanted to bring in a neves uh, as a as a sort of thomas party alternative for a, as a number 6 and i think that's what a really ambitious club would it be whether it be neves or someone like Basuma. that's what a really ambitious club would be um you know a club that wants to make a statement to go up that level to, to you know be competing for the biggest titles um but instead, we've renewed Mohamed Nani, which I think is fine if we want to have a similar season to this season and actually get into the top four and be like good contenders. But I think if we want to make that next leap, it, it wasn't the, the best choice. But we're not going to delve into that contract thing now. And we're just going to talk about this season. And I think, yeah, five. Well, what else could it be, really, for Elneny? Next player I'm going to kick off, Thomas Partey. Um, I think under... Uh, potentially an unpopular opinion because he didn't play. I think he was up there for our minutes, surprisingly. Um, I think he could have been nominated for our player of the season. I think how good he was between, well, even even in that period when Shaka was injured uh, and he had Lokonga beside him, he was pretty good. But between sort of December when we had that Southampton game that we went on that amazing run where we were really good, until we got injured, he was so good, like so good, like his press resistance, the way he was able to play that low in six, his progressive passing, the way he was able to relieve us from pressure pressure, and sort of step away from someone in midfield, something that none of our players could replicate when they came in. We saw how much not having him affected us. I think his availability was the issue, and a few dodgy games a bit earlier in the season um, but I'm saying I'm saying 8.
0: Basically, whenever you say 8, I say 8.5. I think this guy is absolutely – if he would have stayed fit, man, you can't help but think we would have made the top four. I mean, not to pin it all on his injury or anything like that, but he is just that good that his presence, I think, really could have pushed us onto it. But we talked about it with Tierney. We talked about it with Tomiyasu. The best ability, uh, best best um, ability is availability, and he just was injured for big chunk of the season, and it directly goes on to El I think El should have never got that many minutes. He just never should be getting that many minutes. Um, but parte's injury concern, uh, injury woes are really concerning to me as well, and that's why we're talking about you know Neves and, and Bazuma's because this guy we're just we're getting really worried that he's just going to keep getting injured. Um, which is so freaking annoying because he never got injured at Atletico, but that's the Arsenal curse, baby. Um, I'm just hoping Alf that he can stay fit going into the next season because if we want Champions League football again, it's this guy that's going to help us get it or not. You know, he's, he's probably, talent-wise, one of, if not, our out-and-out best player.
1: I completely agree with that. I think his his season has almost been forgotten about because he missed the last seven or eight games. Uh, moving on to Shaka, again, I think this is a good season. Um, I think people forget that he was actually very good in the twenty twenty one season um, because people I see people saying most improved and stuff. I was like, I think it was kind of similar to his twenty twenty one season. Um, really good, like consistent. It was quite a big uh, adaption that he had to make sort of partway through the season when we switched to a 4-3-3 and he was playing that more advanced role. And he did it well. He did it better than I thought he'd be able to. I'm not going to say he was perfect. And I think we could definitely upgrade that position because I think someone like Yuri Tielemans, as myself and uh, Rob said in our Tielemans video and in our video discussing Tielemans versus Neves, which will be out on the Just Arsenal YouTube channel today. Um, and in our hopefully Telemans video scouting video coming up. Um, sorry for the plugs. I've, I've lost my train of thought because of all those plugs. Yeah, I think a better player could a player who's more suited to that role could elevate us a bit. But I thought he did it well. Um, you know, he got his shot creating actions in. I loved my stats, but he was he was doing well in that aspect. <laughs> I think a good season for Shaka. I'm going to say a solid Uh, 7.5. He's not the transformative player that Thomas Partey is, but he he adapted well to the new role. And yes, he had a few frustrating moments like the red card at City, which I still think was a bit harsh and the red card uh, against Liverpool in that uh, League Cup game. But overall, it was pretty solid. And he produced a hugely important goal with that Shaka goal, Uh, that that, uh, United goal, um, which I was right behind, which I loved. So yeah, Danny, wax lyrical about Granit Xhaka.
0: Oh, I love a misunderstood um, footballer, Alfie. I mean, good season on the pitch. I'll agree with your 7.5. 10 off the pitch. I mean, the way he's somehow got back into the hearts of the Arsenal fans is just absolutely beyond me. I've got no idea how it happened. Um, but I'm so happy that it did. And it's so good to see him be nominated for for player of the season. I mean, I think he had, he's had a really strong, strong year. And look, when he's next to a really good player and Thomas Partey, he looks fucking dangerous, man. Because I think Partey just kind of makes up for all of the shortcomings of Xhaka. And then Xhaka's ability to pass the ball to keep things ticking is a really, really... Um, Important thing to have in the middle of the park, so I'd say a seven point five as well. Um, maybe a Tielemans would be, you know, a good natural replacement for him. But I think it's harsh for us to start trying to replace Jaka, Alfie because I think he's he's had a really good season. I and would say he's.
1: I would say on that, I'd say we like we need to we need to be looking to upgrade him because a, a better player a player who's more suited to that role would make would unleash that left-hand side for us I think and I'm not saying he's going to be out and out replaced I don't think it's as black as white as that as as I referred to earlier there's so much football next season in is short about time I think there's going to be a lot of um time to rotate uh, we're going to be talking about this sort of thing in our squad building videos on the YouTube channel but I just think a player who who is more creative in that role help us and there's gonna be a lot of football for everyone so it's gonna be he'll get a lot of football. It's not out and out replacing Tielemans will play instead of Odegaard at times, I think. Um but I just think yeah yeah go ahead anyway.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I, I agree. I just think I, I think we should, you know, take a moment to praise Jaka just because he has been so impressive. We didn't think, you know, just recently that he was even going to be at this club anymore. And the way he's just, you know, proved everyone wrong and shown that he is a very good footballer has been really impressive to me. He is our leader in the dressing room, no matter what we want to think. Jacques is the captain. And I think a captains side quite well this, this season, but yeah.
1: Yeah. And I've just clocked that when I said, we're not going to talk about players that left in January and I left, I actually said chambers, Maitland, Niles and Murray I forgot Aubameyang somehow. Uh, we're not gonna discuss our in this video because it just feels like so long ago since he played for us, so I just can't be asked to dig up that. Um and that sort of that's the sort of thing we'll we will talk about in the in the uh season review junk cast. We'll talk about that whole that whole saga um and whether it cost us and stuff like that. On to uh who would be next? Sambi Lakonga. I think is one we could do relatively briefly. I think it's similar to Tavares. Um, some really good games early on in the season. And I actually think uh, the expectation was for him to be a bit of a part regen. And we tried to use him in that role in a few games like the League Cup, the double leg against Liverpool. And I think we played him against Burnley. And then when Partey got injured, we tried to use him in, as that lone six, which was just so unreasonable um, f- to ask that of a 21, 22 year old in this in the Premier League in his first season just to play a role which Partey has only just mastered and become excellent at at hit that 28 uh with his bags of experience um and I actually think he's he's sort of looking like he could be more of a left eight right eight next season for us with Shaka and Elneny being the sixes um and I think that's the role he'll he'll play next season and I thought yeah, he did really well in that role earlier in the season. He played as the left side in a pivot slash eight at times, um, and I think there's a lot of potential there, like with Nuno. But there were some games where he got exposed because of the system we played and how isolated we left him. So I'd I'd say it. I'd say a six point five. Uh, like I said with Nuno, um, yeah, Danny briefly on on Laconga.
0: Yeah, I'll keep it super brief on him. Um, I was just going to say 6, so you know we'll do that 6.25 again. Shout out fractions um, and decimals and all that other mathy stuff. Um, but yeah, look, he's a really good player, I think. He's got a lot of potential um, to f- try to throw him into that party role, like you were saying, is very harsh. I think there's not very many midfielders in the world that can play that role, Alfie, so doing it to a you know, a kid is is never going to work. Um, or asking a kid to do it is never going to work. He's going to benefit tremendously from us having Europa League next season. I that's my feeling. And hot take might have a breakout season.
1: I hope just so. From us
0: being might might have so. one just from us being in the Europa League. So we'll see what happens. I'm going to say six, though.
1: So. Yeah, I hope. I, I think that's a good point. I think next season could be massive for him getting those europa league minutes and yeah i think he needed more minutes uh in a system which didn't just completely screw him over to sort of really develop him and i like what i see from some of his attributes i think he does have some parte isms uh the way he can sort of step away from defender midfield but i also think he could be really useful in that eight role particularly earlier in his career maybe he'll develop into a six later um and yeah, I think a six, six point five, six point two five is a fair, fair rating for for Sambi. Martin Odegaard, for me, I think he did get nominated for Player of the Season for Arsenal. I think he was exceptional, and I think it serves loads of people right. Uh, or not? That's not. He proved loads of people wrong. Loads of people weren't on board with the signing. Um. But, I mean, you look at his season and Madison. I know Madison produced the numbers because that was sort of the debate last summer. I think Odegaard's a better player than James Madison, and I don't care if he if Madison scored 16 goals or uh, whatever. I just think what Clive said and what Rob has repeated of Clive saying um, in recent podcasts and videos, when Martin Odegaard purrs Arsenal purr, when Marcin Odegaard is on his game, we played well this season. And when he didn't play well, we struggled. Because he is absolutely central. And I think we need to reduce the reliance we have on him. He is central to us playing well going forward. His passing, his link up play with Saka on that right hand side, his creativity. Um look at his just go on FB ref and look at his creative stats, just outstanding. I think I'm giving him an eight straight up in fact 8.5 the reason he's getting capped uh was that he did have some games where he didn't quite turn up and that did cost us i'm thinking about the newcastle game uh in some high pressure games he didn't quite produce which did mean that and it's not his fault that we're that reliant on him but it did mean it did let the team down ultimately because we're so reliant on him so we give him an 8.5 danny go ahead
0: I was going to say 8.5 as well. Um, one of our best players, a real leader on the pitch, so much potential and so much talent right now. I think all of it was really epitomized by that final goal of the season that he scored. I mean, wow, what a player we've got on our hands. And an absolute steal. We basically paid peanuts for him, and I'm freaking happy about it. Um, look, I'll, 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 I guess I'll just leave it at this with Odegaard because I think you pretty much covered everything with them. Um, two things. One, he's probably the most entertaining player at Arsenal to watch at the moment, maybe next to Bukayo Saka and Martinelli. Two, this guy's going to be even more dangerous when we actually have a striker in front of him. 8.5.
1: That striker point is a good point. and I just can't wait for us to sign someone and to see how that works next season. Moving on, we're getting into... Actually, no. I'll start with... Someone who, Nicholas Pepe, will start with. I think this was so disappointing for Pepe. The way he ended last season was exceptional. 16 goals he scored last season in all competitions. I think it was like 12 in the league or something, which is a good return. He's our second top goal scorer. This season, I was expecting him to kick on from that and, you know, become a very prominent member in our team. And ne- why well, I never thought he would be starting week in, week out, because I just don't think Arteta favours him in that position, and Saka's just better, I thought he'd play much, much bigger role in this season. I think the expectations going into the season than what he produced makes this like an appalling season. You know, he started playing quite early on, and then as soon as he lost his place, there was no... Signed that he would ever win it back there was no fight he made maybe a few decent cameo performances a couple in the the league cup where he was decent um i'm thinking about the wolves game but that was about it really most of his other cameo performances were pretty bad and there was no at no point to we really even discuss should he get his place back um it would have been potentially ex- uh, interesting to see him used down the middle um but we never tried it. And I think maybe it was too much of a risk for Arteta to to, to experiment in that uh, period of the season. But for me, poor, poor. I'm giving him a three. I think that's almost
0: generous.
2: This season
0: was just... I I can't even think of a word. There's so many words for bad, but I can't even think of one. I was going to say diabolical, Just terrible. I mean, it was just a horrible campaign for Pepe. And it's just so frustrating because you know he has bags of talent. But it's just – I don't know. It just hasn't worked out for him the whole time he's been at Arsenal. And he just needs – we just need to sell him. Because you know that he would do probably quite well at another team because he does have talent. He does have an acute eye for goal. um, But it just hasn't worked out for him at Arsenal. Um, Look, I thought, you know, like a lot of other people – When he scored that goal at Wolves, I was saying, look, he hasn't lived up to his price tag by any means, but that could be a 70 million pound goal, you know, if it helps get us into the champions. Like it didn't, obviously that's not Pepe's fault, but the guy clearly has, you know, a weird ability to score goals and get assists. He'll just be completely anonymous for an entire match and then he'll pop up with a goal contribution. Um, But we are just not getting the best out of him and we need to move him on um three for me also weird little sidebar he has you know one of those almost ozil-esque uh demeanors about him where he just like kind of trots around the pitch um i just did a really weird terrible impression of pepe for those that aren't watching the youtube video go check it out at like the hour 11 mark it's horrible um yeah, he just—I don't know—he almost looks like he doesn't really give a shit, and I don't think that's really true. But he just has that demeanor about him. And I—the the sidebar is—I don't think Arteta really likes players like that. You know, I think he has a big issue with with players of that sort of uh, languid demeanor. And Pepe maybe has suffered from that a little bit. But yeah, I agree with your three terrible season for Pepe.
1: Yeah, I'll second that. It's it's sad the way it's panned out with him. Um, and he's probably played his last game for Arsenal. And I hope he has, because it's probably best for all parties that he he, he leaves the club this summer. But Saka, player of the season for me. I'm going to let you kick this one off. Wax lyrical about our star boy.
0: Player of the season for me as well. I'm going to freaking cry and die and... All other bad stuff. If he ever leaves us, Alfie, I love him so much. He's our best player by some distance. I'm going to say, I'm not going to give him a 10. I'm going to give him a 9.5 player of the season. Again, (laughs) you know, again, this kid is just so damn good at basically every aspect of the game. And it just seems like a, almost like a player you would make on FIFA and just like make him good at every stat, (laughs) basically. Um, and, again, the sky's the limit for him. He's like a mainstay in the England squad now, rightfully so. Uh, I just love this guy. And I think similarly to Partey, um, if you want to get back into the Champions League and we want to be back at our best, Saka has to be a big part of that. And here's a little clinker for you. If we want to keep Sokka... I think we've got to be at our best sooner rather than later because there's not been any concrete links Um, talking about him moving away, but I'm already seeing him come up a little bit and that scares me, Alfredo.
1: Don't say that, please. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Player of the season, as he said, again, however, for me, when I've seen all these tweets, you know, Name your most improved, your best player, blah, 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 best signing. I think he comes under most improved as well. I thought I wrote a piece about this in sort of early April, I think it was, saying, Has Bukayo Saka made a leap this season? I think he has. I think he has gone up a level. Um, not just in his output, you know, he scored more goals. I think he's got a similar amount of assists. But his all round game, he's he's got better he's playing in a better team than last season obviously but he has got better than he was and quite a lot better um just when he has an off game he's still like pretty much our best player still constantly a threat you know some of the, the he formed a great partnership with Odegaard this season which was our by far our most threatening side and as I said earlier if that partnership wasn't at it at it then we struggled Uh, offensively you know he's become a shot monster this season he's taken so many shots he's such a goal threat but he's still maintained his creativity he carries us up the pitch at times he's become a better dribbler he gets shot creating actions check out fb ref uh and check out my piece about him making a leap because i explained it in there but I thought he was excellent. I'm giving a 9.5 as well. I think you have to, given I, I said Tomi Asu 9, which I stick by, I know some people say that's mental, but I think probably our second most consistent player this season behind Saka, I have to give Saka slightly higher, but I can't give him a 10 because no one, no one could get a 10 unless it's literally a perfect season. And he did have a little bit of a drop-off in the last six or seven games, like some other players I think He looked a bit tired, um, which is completely understandable. He's almost burnt out. I wish he wasn't playing for England in the next sort of two weeks. He's got four games. Uh, I wish he could just have a full summer off to recuperate uh, for next season when he's going to have the World Cup midsummer. Yeah, 9.5. Let's move on. We'll start with a Neil Smith role. Let me actually. Can I can Go I ahead. say
0: can I say one thing about Saka? Apologies. Um, I almost feel like we should just spend more time talking about him than anyone else, out of respect for this legend in the making. Um, my favorite thing about Saka this season is that I think he very much adopted that talisman role. He started taking our penalties. The manner, the confidence that he started running with defenders at. Did you see it every game? Defenders and their face when Sokka's running at them. You see fear. And I don't think we've had that at Arsenal in quite a long time. And Sokka has now started to take initiative and I think understands now that he's our best player and we need him. And a confident Sokka at this young of an age, man, that is dangerous going into the future. And I think the sky's the limit for this young fellow. Just wanted to say that before we move on.
1: Yeah. I completely agree with that. That I do think he's taken that talismanic role on, and I think with a, a very good striker sort of inside of him next season, I think I think he was bordering on world class season. I think he this season. I think next season he could absolutely explode, and we could see better outputs than him. He'll, he'll get more minutes in Europe as well, so he'll be able to increase his goal tally and stuff. Yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes, but we need to sign that new contract, as he said. We'll go to Emil Smith-Rowe on the left-hand side. I think I have a slightly unpopular opinion with Smith-Rowe that it's going to hurt some people this season. I thought he was good, like pretty good, almost very good in the first half of the season. I think his second half of the season was quite disappointing. And I'm going to caveat that with, I think, it was obviously ravaged with fitness issues like I don't think he was fully fit at all in the second half of the season I think you could see that throughout the 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 season throughout the time like he he was struggling clearly he needed an extended rest and it obviously couldn't get it because we needed him I think there's so much potential there so much you can see it even in that Chelsea game I think I think me and Mac spoke about it a few weeks ago actually on on a a podcast maybe 120 121 I think at the moment he's a moments player, like he'll produce one or two very good moments in games. You think of the Chelsea game, the brilliant goal, then he had that chance where he sort of stepped inside a few players, a brilliant feet and curled it just wide would have been an excellent goal. He produces moments, but throughout the throughout games, I don't think he exerts enough influence that you see his talent, that with his talent, he could, if, you know, if he really wanted to, he could do more in games He's he's still very much safety first on the ball which is good to some extent you know he gets that technical security but he could he could do more with the ball when he gets it. Obviously first half of the season he was on fire in terms of goal scoring um maybe it wasn't completely sustainable and we saw that in the second half of the season nevertheless he scored goals double figures for a player of his age is excellent and you spoke about that last year I think you said we need our, our number 10 to be getting double figures for goals and assists he didn't quite do that with assists I think he was bit off. He is a goal threat and he's a different player to what I thought he was at the start of this season. I thought he was more of a creative player, but I actually think he's going to be more of, you know, we talk about Aaron Ramsey, maybe from the left. I think that's potentially what we're going to see of him. He's more of a goal threat than a creator. I'm looking forward to what he could do next season as well when he's, you know, he's not fully fit. I sort of hope he doesn't go to the World Cup. I know personally he'd love to, but I sort of hope he gets rest mid-season because I think he is a potential player who's potentially got fitness issues so I'm gonna say I think you might disagree with this I'm gonna say seven which some people say he deserves higher and I think first half of the season he was probably on port course for an 8.5 and then second half of the season was for me disappointing um, and I know he wasn't actually playing from the start quite a lot of the time in the second half of the season but yeah what would you say to that Danny?
0: Ah, people are going to like this, man, but I think I would agree for the most part. Um, you said seven, I'll say 7.5, but that, you know, I think not quite eight because of what you said, there was a dip and it was m- most likely fitness uh, related. But with that being said, I think his eye for goal is just phenomenal. I love um, just how confident he is when he's uh, running, you know, one-on-one on goal, you know, he's going to take the shot. He's not going to doubt himself. He's going to take the shot. And I think for a player that's been given such a legendary number, that number 10, let's not forget about that. He has really excelled under that pressure. And I'm, I'm impressed by that. I do agree with what you were saying um, at, the, at the top of your rating of him, though, that he is very much a moment player. And that is, I think, slightly worrisome, uh, given the fact that um, – I think he has the ability to be a creative sort of technical player as well as being so, you know, uh, threatening in front of goal. So for me, that's a little bit concerning, but maybe that's just something that'll come with age, having a presence in the match. But there were times when he just sort of looked like a passenger and I'm not sure this team is really good enough to have passengers yet. Uh, So that's concerning, but I think that will come with age, being more involved in the game and being a little bit less pragmatic on the ball. You were spot on with that Alf, saying uh, he kind of gets the ball, he just plays it safe. Um, I think that confidence will come with age. But, yeah, seven, seven 7.5 for me. I've just been really impressed with his his goals, man. Goals are such a difficult part of the game um, to to get when you're a young player. I mean, you think of an Alex at Woby for example, when we had him. Such a nice dribbler on the ball, but then his final product was just absolutely wretched. And Smith-Rowe just doesn't have that problem. He has a ton of confidence. And yeah, I'm I'm excited for his future, man. He's got a super high ceiling. And I think he's uh, next to Martinelli and Saka. I know we we love Smith-Rowe. We talk about him all the time. But his potential, I don't think, is talked about nearly enough uh, compared to the other two.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. And I just think... I'm really excited because I think we do have to remember how early it is in his development still, and how far he could go. Um, and next season will be pivotal, pivotal in his development again. I th- he'll get plenty more minutes, and you know, hopefully, he does make those strides forward that we want to see, and that I think he is capable of because you could just see it in his talent, in his technical ability, uh, and his physical ability. You know, we're talking about physical fragility uh, in terms of fitness, but I think, you know, he's quick. He is an athlete. He's strong. He's got good upper body strength. Um, I don't think he's a player. Who's get, I'm not saying he's getting knocked off the ball at times. We see those little bursts of pace, which are really impressive. Um, but as I, I said, I, I just, yeah.
0: just, sorry, just to interject. I think one of the craziest parts of Smith, bro, is just that, you know, Martinelli and soccer speed is talked about all the time. Smith Rowe is insanely fast and, like, six feet tall. You know, that would be terrifying to sit down running at you, man. You know, Um, so, yeah, with that physicality, if he could just stay fit and have that crazy frame and sort of explosivity, that would be amazing going into the future. I mean, it's crazy that he has these phenomenal numbers at such a young age, though, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Unfortunately, it is just in moments at the moment. We want it to be more throughout the game. Gabriel Martinelli. I love him. I love him. I I find this one difficult because he didn't play too much in the first half of the season. I actually think he was brilliantly managed uh from a fitness standpoint. We he came back from the Olympics uh and unfortunately he was rushed straight in without a preseason because we had no choice because we had no options right in the first couple games. Uh, but then he was taken out the side and I thought he was managed really well. He, we forgot that he, you know, he came out from a really tough injury like a year ago, uh, or a couple whatever it was. Um, and he still last season, he was still sort of nursing through that. And this season was his first sort of explosion back onto the scene after that, recovering from that tough injury. And when he came into the side, I thought he was good. I thought he was really good. Um, I'm. I'm going to say 7.5. I do think in front of goal he's still learning to finish because I think if you look at Smith Rowe, we might have said his his goal screen form wasn't sustainable, but his finishing was brilliant. He massively outperformed XG, whereas Gabriel Martinelli was a bit under it. I think. Um, I think they're such different players. They but they offer us two very different options. Um, I do think when we get that, as I was saying earlier, when we get that creative player on the left-hand side, someone like Tillemans will see so much more from our left winger, um, whether that be Smith-Rowe or Martinelli. Um, you know, six goals could he have done more, potentially. But he's young, he's promising, and I hope to see more from him next season. I'm, I'm going to say 7.5, so slightly higher than Smith-Rowe. Some people say that's insane again, but that's my my verdict. Uh, Danny, do uh, thoughts on Martinelli briefly?
0: Uh, if it's crazy to rate him higher than Smith-Rowe, then I'm crazy too, man. I, I I think he was a bit better. Um, I think his all-round game has improved a lot. His, uh, like you said, though, numbers in front of goal, I think he could really improve on those just with kind of how close he plays to the goal. You know, and how much pressing he does and his tireless work rate and everything. I think maybe he's a little bit hard done, actually, not to have some more goals. But I do distinctly remember, um, I can't exactly remember which side it was against, for crap's sake. I have no memory. But um, there was a few instances when he just had very simple chances, I think, that he should have scored. And he just didn't. And I think he's going to end up being that kind of player, you know, that has such nice movement and it plays so close to the goal that he's going to get a lot of chances, but he's going to miss a lot of them too. Um, But overall, I think his improvement this season is undeniable. uh, Overall, you know, we always used to talk about Martinelli. Oh yeah, well he's a threat, you know, kind of in front of goal and has a really nice work rate, but it's the other aspects of the game that he needs to sort of refine and improve upon. I think he improved upon those, but then the other side of his game sort of uh, diminished a bit. So maybe next season we'll see a sort of balancing out um, of those two. And he's another one, I think, similarly to, uh, to, to La Conga. Um even though Martinelli got a lot of first, first team minutes. I think Martinelli will also benefit a lot from having the Europa League. Just more minutes under his belt and he'll get better at scoring goals and better at every other aspect of the game too. But I'm going to rate him slightly higher than uh, Smith-Rowe as well. I said 7.5 for Smith-Rowe, if I'm not mistaken, right? So, yeah, I was I was going to say 8 for Martinelli. I just like the his overall play, man. He really does remind me of a, a young Luis Suarez, you know?
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point about his all-round game. I think we spoke, as you said, how he was really good at getting into goal screen positions and being a threat in front of goal. and. Arteta demanded more from him in the build-up, but I think he's become so much better beating his man and using the ball when he is out wide uh, and isolated from the rest of the team. He's so good, much better at holding on to it and, and doing more with it. I went to the Wimbledon game really near the start of the season in the league cup. Uh, and he started that game and he, he was poor. He had a re- he was really, really predictable in his movements inside. Um, and he was struggling on that left wing. And since he came back into the team, he's become so much better. So, such a threat running directly at fullbacks. And yeah, with that Europa League, he could push on even more next season. We're going to try and wrap it up quickly with two strikers. We'll start with Eddie Nketiah, who I think is pretty simple. He didn't... Kind of similar to El Neni. We may not have been talking about him until the Chelsea game when he started and then he came in and he had a good impact and I thought, I said this in the Nketiah Cedric video, Cedric El Elneny contract video for Just Arsenal. He was legitimately good in the last seven games, like pretty good, like five goals, was getting a lot of shots, was getting high XG, was doing a lot in the build-up, was creative. Um It's just whether he can sustain that into next season but I would say I'd say seven. I think he hasn't played enough to go above that, but when he did play this season, he was good. And he got double figures. Like, that's good for a player of his age. And the, the uh, I know half of them are in the League Cup, but for how much he played, I think that's good. Yeah, briefly, Anketia, would you agree with seven, Danny?
0: I completely agree. Seven as well. Um, and I think Arteta, honestly, I think he even said something about it. I think he might feel a bit foolish to not integrate him sooner. He was just a lot better than Lacazette, wasn't he? He just physically brings so much more to the table. You know, we'll talk about, I'm sure, his new contract that looks to be pretty much done um, and some more content in the future. But he's shown us, I think, recently that he's there's a player there. There is a player there. And, uh, yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens um, in his future because I think most of us, myself included, really thought that he was not going to be around next season at all. But yeah, I agree, Seven.
1: Yeah, and it looks like he is going to be around now. And I'm excited to see what he does next season, even if I thought, as I was saying with El Elneny, maybe the more ambitious thing would have been to go out and get two very good strikers. But I understand the decision to keep him more than El Elneny, I think, now. And a few weeks ago, I was actually the other way around. But yeah. Um, We're going to finish with Lacazette. Funny one, this. I'm kind of sad to see him go just because I liked him as a guy. Um, I don't think he had an appalling season. Like, when you look at it very face value, two non-penalty goals for a striker playing for a team in the top that finished fifth is not good at all. That is bad. Um. He, when he came in, he made an impact when he first came in and he got himself into the starting eleven after very much being quite clearly the second choice to Aubameyang at the start of the season. And he worked himself in. And I thought he was pretty good uh, from sort of early to mid-December, thinking of that Southampton game again, that was sort of the turning point, till I'd say sort of late February, maybe early March, and then he was really, really bad. In that period, he did really well at playing that facilitator role, dropping deep, while still maintaining some level of a goal threat. His finishing was bad, but he was still getting some decent chances. He was getting some shots. And then he started getting no shots. He started becoming literally no goal threat, and his sort of link-up play was was declining. It wasn't as good as it was. And then he basically was offering nothing and couldn't move and just gave up on being a striker and just decided he'd be sort of a guy that drops off a bit and does a little bit of link-up play to a mediocre effect. So it was quite a sharp decline in quite a sharp, small amount of space, uh, time, sorry. I'd say I'm going to go 5.5. And again, people say that's too high, but I think he did give us two 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 and a half good very good months and then was terrible for pretty much the rest of the time so (laughs) i think 5.5 that might be too high i feel like you're going to disagree with this
0: you know we've been talking a lot about soft factors i feel like um for the past couple months And the weird thing about Lacazette, and I almost wonder if we are just being sort of manipulated by those soft factors of his, you know, apparent, you know, or not not apparent. I should say blatant leadership that he has, you know, work. He tries to work hard, you know, but it just—I just don't think he has it in the legs anymore. Um, But just talent-wise, physically, not good enough. I mean, the guy. I can't believe what he's 31, 32. I'm terrible with ages. Sorry. But, you know, he looks like, or not looks like, plays like he's about 45. (laughs) You know, I mean, he just like ran out of gas. It's crazy. I don't understand how maybe he's been playing since, you know, he was really young. Unfortunately, we've seen that with some, you know, players is when they're playing at the pro level at 16, 17, they run out of gas quicker, which makes total sense. Um, Whereas a Jamie Vardy, Got his light start, so he'll be playing for a while longer. But yeah, there was some spells where he was nice and you know industrious and would drop back into the midfield well, link up play. But at the end of the day, man, he is a striker and he wasn't that good at linking up the play. So I while I have time for what you were, you know, saying and I could understand where you're coming from, I'm not really sure the trade-off was really worth it at all. And I think that Enketia should have been integrated. Obviously, now I'm saying this because Enketia came in and pretty much hit the ground running. But there was a there was a you know spell there, a, a good probably four or five games when we were just all looking at Arteta and being like, "Why the hell is Lacazette starting still?" You know, like what are you doing? And he was just continually playing and would just bring nothing to the table. So that, by the way, I don't think is entirely Lacazette's fault. He probably should have just been on the bench sooner. Um, but like you. And like AFC Max 9, I have a soft spot for Lacazette just because of the kind of person he is. He is a natural leader. You hear he's really good with the young players. And he loves Arsenal, man. Say what you want about the guy, but he loves this club. Um, So while I was disappointed with his, you know, hard factors, that's not a thing. Um, i really like the soft factors he brought and just – he gets like an A for effort sort of thing, not not literally an A. I'll give him like a – you gave him a 5.5. I'm still going to go lower than you. I'm going to go a five personally. But, yeah, it's time for Lacazette. And they talked about this on the Ars guys I'm going to get your thoughts on this. Just one final clinker question. Um, would you consider his signing a success or a failure?
1: Um, I'm going to say it again. I don't think it ha- it's quite as black and white as that. Like – Maybe it is. I don't know. Like he wasn't I'll put it somewhere in between. Like I don't think it was an abject failure. Like he produced a player of the season yeah in eighteen nineteen. He was pretty good in his first season, seventeen eighteen. Um nineteen twenty was a bit of off yet. Yeah. Last season was decent. Um he got seventeen goals, you know. I guess if you look at the price tag I'm not going to say it was a failure, and I think they said on Askcast they didn't think it was a success. I don't think it was like an overwhelming success. It's it's somewhere between. To be honest, Um, he did have like some really good games this season. Like he was excellent uh, at home to West Ham. He was excellent at home to Wolves. But as you said, it it all just ran out, and he ran out of steam. Uh, later in the season and he it, it became terrible and completely unusable and Ketia we were forced to bring him in. And maybe you're right. Maybe Ketia should have come in earlier because Lacazette showed signs of of dropping off and we didn't do that. Maybe that cost us. Yeah. Should we call this bad boy to a close? As you would say. <laughs>
0: I think we should. It's been a long episode, folks. Sorry, we don't do anything particularly quickly, um, but I think this was a good EPO. I think we had some pretty good takes. Not too many uh, controversial ones, uh, at least not that I. Maybe you and I are just pretty much on the same sheet of music. Maybe some cool uncle Holmes like you're a fucking idiot. I I hate you. Die. You're so stupid. You know. But I think we were pretty, pretty tame and solid in our opinions and. Look, man. I think the ratings reflect the season itself. It was exciting uh, in some ways, but it was also a little bit disappointing at the end because I think you know the way it was going, we we really should have secured top four. We would have never thought we would have at the beginning of the campaign, but we, as things stood at the end, we should have done so. But we just failed, and that's fine. I mean, that's what's going to happen when you have a young team under this much pressure. They'll no crack. You know, that that is how it works sometimes. And I'm genuinely super excited for next season. And it's i sorry I have to say this. I haven't been able to be part of the pod for a while. So I feel like I should just have these little parting words, these existential words. Um, it felt so good to be caring about, you know, our season until the very end. You know, I mean, the past couple of years, especially the Emory ones were just filled with apathy at the end. And it was just like, what the hell are we even playing for? We're on the beach. This means nothing. You know, this season, right up until the very end, we were chasing something. And that's what we all love this sport for. You know, we want our team to do the best they possibly can. And we weren't trapped in eighth or something. We were actually chasing Champions League football. And it felt really good. And it's got my juices flowing. It's got me excited for the next season. Um, I think we have some some improvements to do. We've got some more content coming soon. Um, the YouTubes, all that fun stuff, transfers, all the goods. Um, so check it out. We'll be talking about squad building, etc. In fact, actually, let me send it over to Alfie, and he'll do some uh, marketing opportunity of a lifetime to draw this bad boy to close. Go ahead, Alfredo. Oh,
1: yeah, well we've said it. If you're watching the YouTube channel, you're already on it. But I'm gonna plug the YouTube channel. We're really trying to push the YouTube channel <laughs> this summer. Uh we're trying to do loads of stuff. Continuing the website, obviously, so check that out. We love you also. of Cody DK. All the links will be in the the description of the uh the video. But yeah, just just subscribe, leave comments, share to all your all your mates and that. Um yeah. Uh that's that's about it. We need a song. I actually yeah, we need a song. Thoughts? Go on. Go yeah, on. we can't.
0: Yeah, we can't have a song for the uh, for the YouTube. I understand, but we can still have one for the three people listening to it audibly. I'm just kidding. Listen to it audibly and watch the video, so we get like double views. Um, oh, also, thinking. just for the culture, Alfie. Can you? I'm sorry. Can you say the website one more time? Just because people didn't hear me say it. Do my. Thing. We love
1: you also at Cody I, K.
0: <laughs> okay there we go for the culture <laughs> um i was what thinking were you, did, did you have
1: something else? uh yeah i was thinking mambo number five because it's like <laughs> a little bit of lacquer a little bit of sack and you're like we're going through the players and that so i don't know it's just a thought
0: uh, i love that i was i'm so basic i just got done have you watched stranger things yet
1: not yet not the new season
0: Okay, well, there's a song that's super popular from it, and it's been stuck in my head so much from the 80s. What is
2: it? you, you.
0: But it doesn't really have anything to do with this. So I think Mamba, Mobomb, whatever the heck you said, number five, is actually kind of a genius song to put. So I think we put that for our lovely audible listeners.
1: Calm, calm. Sounds good. All right.
0: Well, see you later
1: then. I'll let you see it right, out,
0: folks. Thanks for... Yes, folks, thanks a million for tuning in. Show all your cool uncles. It's not just the YouTube we want. We want you to leave a review wherever you can. Share it. Freaking give us money. Cash app money sign, Daniel Fenton. <laughs> no, just... Do all the stuff that we want you to do and the world will be a better place. Thank you very much. And we will see you next episode. Hopefully I'm going to be around a little more. Love you. Thank
2: you. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: Bye. One,
2: two, three, four, five. Everybody in the car. So come on, let's ride to the liquor store around the corner. The boys say they want some gin and juice, but I really don't want to. Be a buzz like I had last week. I must stay deep, cause talk is cheap I like Angela, Pamela, Sandra, and Rita And as I continue, you know they're getting sweeter So what can I do? I really beg you, my lord To me, flirting is just like a sport Anything fine, it's all good Let me jump in, please. Send the trumpet A little bit of Monica in my life A little bit of Erica by my side A little bit of Rita's all I need A little bit of Tina's what I see It's my mode number five. (laughs) A little bit of Monica in my life, a little bit of Erica by my side, a little bit of Rita's all I need. Tina's what I see A little bit of Sandra in the sun A little bit of Mary all night long A little bit of Jessica, here I am A little bit of you makes me your man I do all to fall in love with a girl like you Cause you can't run, you can't hide You and me gonna touch the sky Mambo number five.